Welcome to the Blood Cancer Experience, a podcast series presented by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada. This series connects people affected by blood cancers to their community with stories of hope, healing, and help. Hello, my name is George Athens. Welcome. I'm your host for this podcast. Today we're talking about a type of blood cancer called myelodysplastic syndrome with Gail Whiteford in Calgary. Gail is a former drama teacher and now works as a playwright and as a volunteer for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada. Well, first of all, thanks a lot, Gail, for joining us today for our podcast. Um, Can we start by... Perhaps you can share a little bit about yourself, how and when you were diagnosed with MDS, and because blood cancers usually strike without notice. Well, mine certainly struck without notice. I had, uh, this was back in 2014, I had been on a six-week trip to Japan and Australia, and when I came back, I always, when I was a teacher, I always used to go for a physical once a year and I still kept it up. And when I went for my physical and blood work, the doctor who was wonderful said, your white blood counts a little weird, let's do it again. And so we did it again. And right away he sent me to a hematologist and the hematologist did a, a bone marrow um, probe, ouch and uh, phoned me three days later and said, come in, bring your family. And they, and he said, uh, you've got leukemia, myelodysplastic syndrome. Um, and I looked confused and he said, you've got cancer. What did you know about blood cancers before you were diagnosed or, or anything? My father died of leukemia, uh, exactly the same one I had actually. Uh, so I knew quite a bit about it. I was just surprised I had it because I had no symptoms at all. You know, you think about leukemia, you think about, oh, I'm tired, you know, I'm weighing, I don't feel like doing anything. And I had hiked all over Japan and Australia, like two weeks before this happened. So I was surprised at that. How did you deal with this personal challenge? Well... Um, I think I was quite complacent about it. I got all the information. My daughter got all the information and he said, now here are your choices. And I said, well, we need to talk about this. So of course, being a researcher, I went home and we researched everything and, um, I just went, okay. Let's find out how much time I've got and what my options are. So I was quite, I don't know what the word, I wasn't afraid. And you managed to get through it. And I managed to get through it, yeah, with the help of great many people. Well, that was going to be my next question. How important were your family, friends, and medical professionals uh, during your treatments? Uh, The medical professionals were incredible, especially 
the nurses and the, uh, I don't know what they call them now, they used to call them orderlies. Uh, but you see, I didn't have much in the way of treatments. Once I had said, yes, well, my daughter said, you're going to do this, mom. And I went, okay, I'll do it. Uh, I'll do a, a, a transplant. And uh, I had, for a year, I had Videza uh, injections once a month, seven needles into my belly. And then they found the, um, they found my donor. But the thing is, I couldn't have done it without my family and friends. Both my daughters were working. My one daughter was, um, <clears throat> she was going to university at North Dakota and she was working on her master's. So she wasn't here. So there was nobody but me. Um, I don't have any family. And uh, they said, well, you've got to have people looking after you. And I looked into how much that would cost. And a retired teacher doesn't get a great pension. And my daughter hacked into my Facebook, posted and said, we need people to be with my mom for three months, three our set sessions and everybody signed up 54 people former students former acting uh, theater people uh, friends all signed up for the three months three shift three hour shifts wow that says a lot about you and it says a lot about your community yes did your diagnosis with blood cancer and change you in any way? Is there a positive takeaway from all of this? I think there's two positive takeaways. One, I learned that it is not weak to ask for help. I really didn't want to ask for, I've never asked for help from anybody in my entire life. And this became a case of, I had to ask for help. And I realized that the people who helped me were glad I had asked. It wasn't an imposition. It was just, we're glad you asked. And that was hard for me to accept for someone who's as independent as I am. That was the one thing. The other thing was that I am strong enough and my family is strong enough that we can survive anything. That was important. Do you have any kind of celebration uh, each year to sort of recognize uh, what had happened? Well, yes. The doctor said to me, you know, the, the oncologist said, this is the first year of your life. So we had a first birthday party and we did it as a first birthday party with jello, except they were jello shots and a birthday cake that would be right for a kid. And we had hot dogs and we had all the things that kids would have at kids' parties. And every year we have a party. Well, not the last two because of the COVID, but we do that online. 
you know, on through Zoom and we have a party and we celebrate. And I was so lucky. I mean, it's been six years now. Can't believe that. But I mean, I lived to see my daughter get married. I lived to be able to dance in a show um, that a choreographer had asked me to work on about my cancer journey. Um, and every day I look out of my house and I see the birds, see my garden, see my pictures of my, I have a step-grandchild who loves talking to me and I'm happy. I think that's the big one. I'm happy and I'm grateful. And also you're, you're giving back to others by offering your assistance now, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, through the Calgary uh, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, I, I get matched up with uh, people who are just starting their journey, who have questions about the number one question is, should I do this? And I always say, I can't give you that answer, but I'm really glad I did. So, yeah, so I talk to them on the phone and they talk to me and I listen, which I think is the main part of this. And I answer the questions I can answer. Is there any one thing or some advice you'd like to share with others who have gone through this journey? To take every day, this sounds so cliche, take every day with joy because you survived it. If I can offer one piece of advice to anybody who's going through this, follow the rules. When they say, don't do this on the rule sheet or your nurse says this or your doctor says this, follow the rules. Thank you so much for taking the time to visit with us today and share your thoughts. Uh, very helpful. And Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Bye for now. If listeners have any questions about this podcast or need any support or resources to navigate your experience, I encourage you to connect with the community service manager in your region. For more information, visit bloodcancers.ca. If you liked our podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. You can find us wherever you access your favorite podcasts. We also welcome any ideas for our program, so we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email with your suggestions or comments at info at bloodcancers.ca. Until next time, stay well and stay connected. Thank you for listening to The Blood Cancer Experience, a series of podcasts presented by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada. We are committed to supporting the blood cancer community through programs, services, and research.